New York Podcast is on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Play. You can find it simply by searching Sportsblog New York Podcast or go to sportsblognewyork.com, click on the podcast tab, and any of those articles will lead you in the right direction. Now, if you like what you have been hearing, we please ask you to leave a little rating and a review on the pod because that goes a long way in the podcast world. And it means a lot for my ego because I like being told that I'm good at stuff. Right, Alec? Doesn't happen from your dad. <laughs> and joining me on the Sports Blog New York podcast is Alec Argento. How you doing, brother? Awesome, dude. Doing uh, all right. We're sorry that uh, we're not coming to you on Monday morning today. It's going to be Tuesday morning. Uh, you know, the Cavs and the Celtics are playing, and I was so glued to the TV on Sunday great. that I, I, I couldn't record on Sunday night like normal. I, I, I had to watch that game. At halftime, I knew the Celtics were going to come back. So I, I couldn't couldn't leave. Also, I was stuck on the cross Bronx, Bronx, Bronx Expressway for like three and a half hours yesterday. That was kind of had a uh, factor into our decision making process. That absolutely is true. <laughs> and to be quite honest, I was not glued to the TV. I actually turned the game on in the first quarter. I see the Cavs kind of run and train like everybody. Train, wow. <laughs> okay. Everybody expected the Cavs to dominate the Celtics the other day, right? So I'm watching the game. I fall asleep like your regular guy. I fell asleep on the couch. And, you know, half, now I wake up, it's halftime. So I leave the couch. I'm like, screw this. I don't need to watch this game. The Cavs are killing it. Let me go take a shower. So I take a shower. I run. Story better be going somewhere. Pete. Oh, it's going somewhere. <laughs> so then I, I, it's not going anywhere that special, but it's going somewhere. <laughs> so I go in, and then I, you know, shower, whatever. I get into the car. I had to move, jockey some cars around outside my house. And then I, I had the game on the radio, and all of a sudden it's 101.99. I'm like, what? This is the Celtics-Cavs game? Well, how are the Celtics back? And the Celtics won. And guess what? Nothing mattered. It doesn't mean Nothing matters anything. at all. <laughs> the only thing... One extra day before the final start of uh, LeBron versus the Warriors. The only thing that matters out of that is that now I have to hear a bunch of BS on sports talk radio and all the podcasts I like to listen to about how LeBron isn't MJ... Because he lost a game to the Celtics. Wow. That's how I feel about listening to that for the past week. For the past week, Alec. And I know this bothers you too. It bothers me that you made a fart noise on the podcast. I'm sorry. Men. I was being as natural as possible. <laughs> it just felt right to make a fart noise. I don't know what you wanted me to say. So what do you want from me? What's the question here? Uh, Alright. This is how I feel. I'm all for a good debate. I'm all for... Debating for the sake of debating. You know, you and I don't always agree. Sometimes we do agree a little bit, but I'll bring up the other side just so, you know, we could broaden our horizons. Ebony and ivory. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly like that. But there are some people in this world who won't accept the fact that it is a conversation or a debate or an argument, whatever you want to call it. People don't accept that LeBron and MJ are in the same category of history of basketball players. I don't care who you like better. I don't care if you think you he's LeBron Blames and you hate him from day one to now. It's a conversation. No one's going to ever win. No one's ever going to be able to st- like literally prove that one's better than the other. It's a debate. And there's people who act like, oh, there's no way LeBron's in the same conversation as Michael. Yes, there is. You just can't. No one can win. And that that's what pisses me off. I People who don't that. accept... 
that it's an argument. You know what I mean? I, I agree with that, but I, I think that what we differ on is the fact that who gives a shit? <laughs> Why are we having this conversation all the time? It's a circular conversation. Nobody wins. There's more than more than two people in that conversation anyway. I think that it's just that when people just focus on those two people because of recency bias, because that's who's playing now. And that's recency bias but, and revisionist history. It's, yeah. it's a combination of both. And everybody loses. You could, if, and if you take into you know time periods into 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 account, put in Will Chamberlain. You could put in Kobe. There's plenty of people you could put in there. Magic Johnson. There's plenty of people who are just in that same conversation. Yet we have this circular debate every day. Every time you could watch, you watch Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith or whoever you like to rot your brain watching. It's the same argument all the time. Who cares? I don't, I don't get it. I, I agree with you. I feel that. I feel your pain because it gets so tired. It's tire- It's a tireless argument. And and you could also make arguments saying why both of them didn't deserve it. Like you know, it's like you can make the ones why they're so great and everything. But like, you could also say that LeBron, you know, LeBron just bought his teams or played in shitty conferences, which is true. But it happens all the time. It's just crazy to me that there are people in this world who try not to accept that it's a conversation. That you know, there's so- there's points on both sides. And that's what bothers me the most. I don't even care about the actual debate because as somebody who loves basketball probably more than the average bird, average bear, whatever, I'm a big basketball guy. Average alligator. I'm a big basketball guy. I love to debate about all this stuff. And I can't. I can't do it because there's too many irrational people who don't accept either side. And like, it's it's frustrating. Every show is talking about it. So all all we're going to do is talk about not talking about it. Yeah. Talk about it for a full hour. On ESPN2. Can we do that? Me and you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me, you, Stu Gotts, and Dan Lebertard. You know what? This is why I actually respect the Dan Lebertard show. It's Stu Gotts, all that stuff. Because people make fun of them because they don't talk about sports. Well, if you really think about it, if you're into like a show that's just fun, trying to make some light of situations, have a little laugh here and there, the Dan Lebertard show makes fun of the first takes of the world. The, 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 show that they, the, the topic that the Dan Lebertard show led with on Monday morning this week was the sea lion that grabbed the girl off the boat. Bro, if I wanted to listen to Elvin Duran and the uh, the Z Morning shit show, whatever the fuck that was. Uh, <laughs> wow, you got real yeah, aggressive I, about I, that. I, I hate this stuff. I just, I, I want to listen to like Sports Talk Radio. I want to listen to Steve Summers just, you know, talk about the Listen Yankees. to a ton of callers? Yeah, I love that. Callers are the worst. Nah, I love that. Ugh. They're asking the questions that I want to hear. I don't want to hear the stupid debates. No, so that's I where I care. agree. I don't care about the sea lion thing. I, I want to do that. I'll, listen to, I'll go read Barstool and hear something funnier than Dan Lebertard's going to put out there. Dan Lebertard's kind of funny, though. Oh, he's all right. He's, he's, funny, he's funny for, like, you know, old people. <laughs> <laughs> old people hate him, I think. I don't know. I don't, watch, I, I don't watch him. I'll tell you that. That's besides the point. I tend to watch him here and there. But I totally feel you. But callers at the same time are idiots. Callers don't know what you're talking about. Do you ever... Listen to uh, the fan six sixty as a New Yorker. Hear a caller. I listen like, on FM because I'm you know. Oh one oh one nine. Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm old school. I guess. But uh, do you ever hear a caller say, "Oh, you know what? I think I think I got the trade. I think I got the trade. We're gonna give up Porzingis. We're gonna trade him to the Celtics. They're gonna give. They're gonna give us uh, Jalen Brown it depends on what a hour. pick. And then we're going to actually get the Lakers involved, and they're going to give us D'Angelo no, Russell, depends, it depends and we'll on give them show. It depends Like, on, that's what people call in and say. It depends on what show you're listening to. If you listen to Francesa, everyone's either calling to make fun of him. I don't listen to Francesa. I'm just saying, if, you, if you're saying that, everyone's either calling to make fun of him, or they're old people who have no grasp on reality. 
you listen to something like Han and Humpty, I think people, for the most part, they have a, a grasp on, on what's going on. It's the lunch hour. It's when people are on their break. It's when I listen to it. It's when I have time to listen to it. You ever call in? What? You ever call in? I've always wanted to because I have I've called into Han and Humpty once before. Did you get there? Yeah, I did. It was actually just Humpty. It was uh, Humpty Would was solo. I didn't know this. It was like two years. It was actually when they were on in the <clears> evening. <throat> it was a long time ago. Did you ask them if they cared about the finals and then they pretended they did because they have to, you know, get ready? You know what it was actually? It was in uh it was the year DeAndre Jordan like verbally signed with the Mavericks. And oh, then well, they locked him in his house. And then he was like, <laughs> nah, like I'm going back to the Clippers. That was when I called uh just Rick. It was just Rick. Uh but wait. I think this is this is good though, because if you listen to a lot of sports talk and listen to shows on TV a lot, it can be frustrating if you're not completely like bought into these overarching debates that all the big shows do. So I want to hear from your heart because we already heard a little bit of it. Give me a little rant. What do you like? Give me some, some love for some sports talk and give me some hate for some sports talk. I'm giving you the floor. I don't know. I, 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 like, I, I hate... I used to love Michael K, for example. I used to love the Michael K show. Not just as a Yankee fan, but I thought he was pretty educated on what he would talk about. Then they brought that idiot Rosenberg in from Hot 97, who knows nothing about sports. Knows absolutely nothing about sports. You ever hear him trying to talk about like baseball? Which, I listen to the Michael K show. Yeah, I do. He, he has absolutely no idea. He, 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 it's New York. All he talks, the only sport he knows about, quote-unquote, is the Redskins. Like, he, he, he has no idea about anything else. You, if he ever tries to like pronounce a name from the Mets or the Yankees, and all he just does is say, you know, the Mets are a horrible run organization. Can't defend it. The Yankees are so great. They're, they're so classy and traditional. Okay, elaborate. You got nothing there. And then he can't talk basketball, and then he says, he'll even admit to you, he's like, I'm just an entertainer, I don't know sports. Which is a ridiculous thing to say on ESPN. And that's another issue, ESPN is horrible. Uh, overall, nowadays, it's, it, they lost sight of what, what was good about them. They changed to try to reactionarily to go on what everyone else did. But that's not what people want. People go to ESPN for a certain service. They don't need to be this, enter- what they try to do is go into debates of stupid things. Nobody wants to hear that. They'll tune in, but that's it's it's only it's not really um, sustainable. You know, they can just kind of go if if they have stuff genuine talk about sports. It's in un it's an undersaturated market nowadays. But the problem is they have this twenty four hour news cycle that they just have to keep making up stories, and there's a finite amount of sports that people actually care about too. So they just keep coming up with new stories, and nobody actually wants to hear about statistics and X's and O's and Y. Plays got made in, in in the game. Everything is just a conversation about some kind of topic that you can't win. You can't argue. You can't win because that's by design. Because they want people to just keep talking about it. Let's stop having that kind of thing and let's just go and put, show me some some highlights. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the maybe baseball and football and everything can have do better with putting highlights on the internet and. The ESPN can interface with that or something. I don't know. I mean, they're trying to do that, and I guess MLB is not trying to do that. Monetizing <laughs> highlights on like Instagram and stuff like that is one of the biggest challenges of uh, of the industry right now. You know, trying to monetize digital, so that's kind of the big problem. But you know what? You started off kind of criticizing uh, the industry, criticizing entertainment, but then you also started I, you started criticizing like the viewers too. But I think that's that's the problem. Oh yeah. The problem is that the the entertainment industry. Looks at the viewers, they get the numbers, they get the ratings, and they say, this is what hits, this is what hits, this is what doesn't, this is what doesn't, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, but it's not all about analytics. You should, oh, I'm certain, not saying it should be. I'm yeah. saying that's how it is. Well, yeah, I agree. At a certain point, if, if you're good at your job, you should know what they don't know that they want. You know what I mean? 
Does that make sense? You gotta know what they don't know. Yeah, exactly. You're if you're smarter than them, if you have these people uh, gripping them by the by the seat of their pants, you should be able to tell them what they what they like before they know that they like it. And I, I mean, and there's plenty I, I feel of what, you're supposed and, to be inf- like an influencer, if you will. Absolutely, and there's plenty of people on, on like the internet and, and different avenues as opposed to the traditional radio and new and print and, and, and television that are doing it differently. That they 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 keep innovating. And I guess that's what the internet's good for. But ESPN and, and things like that, they have uh, the resources to be innovative instead of just being complacent and, and just going with what the fans are telling them they want. Be able to tell them what they want. And, you know, I, I like where your heart's at because you're somebody who, you know, you like what you like, but you admit it. And that's why you like local stuff. It's why you're turning to this, the show that you know is going to talk about the Yankees, is right. going to talk about the Knicks or the Giants. I mean, you're not specifically a Jets fan or not specifically uh, a Mets fan. But I'd rather hear about them than hear about the, 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 the Cavs. But you, you, exactly. You, you're a ter- type of person who knows what you're looking for. You're saying, I'd rather hear about Mets and Yankees than to hear about 10 and I, conversations about And I can seek LeBron. that out. I can go out of my way to find the avenues that will provide that feedback to me. Which know? is exactly why people go to the Sports Blog New York podcast to hear about what's everything's wrong with the industry. I, I agree. <laughs> no, but I, I feel that. And I'm somebody who listens to a bunch of national shows. And you always get on me for liking a guy like Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd is a guy who says he listens to his numbers. His numbers should tell him what he wants to talk about. Granted, he also only personally cares about football and basketball. But, you know, you go to his show. Which doesn't do very well. It's, it's doing, it's doing <laughs> no. It does okay. But he's trying to build something. You, if you watch his show he's this, not trying this to week. Build anything. He's trying to catch his and, paycheck. And last week, <laughs> uh, argument for a different day. Uh, he has talked about LeBron and Michael Jordan and like that debate all week long. And then he'll bring in one football guy. He'll bring in one guy to talk about some draft prospects. And that's like, you know, a 10th of the show, but that's not just him. That's across the board is where it's going on. And it can be frustrating. It can be real frustrating, but that's why we're going to stop talking about this. And we'll talk about some sports, right? Fair enough. That's pretty fair. We spent, we spent a good amount of time on this, but hopefully you enjoyed that. And hopefully you kind of agree a little bit because I know a lot of people can be frustrated out there with what they hear. <laughs> so if you if you feel it, feedback, tweet at us yeah. at SportBlogNYC or subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. And definitely those uh, ratings and reviews; those are pretty huge for us. So um, get on that. Why don't, why don't we play hard to get? We don't want your reviews. Versus no, psychology. That's true. Your reviews are stupid and dumb. I don't even, I don't even care. And you're ugly. Wait, one more thing about <laughs> stupid and dumb things on the internet. Uh, it's just if you go. I hate to call it Bleacher Report because that they get called out a lot, but I like to call it the uh, Google Eyes uh, emoji. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> Actually, sports, presented by Team Shane. <laughs> sports Blog New York recently changed their Twitter bio to a sports conversation without the emojis, and I respect that. <laughs> I, it wasn't my call, but I still respect it. Uh, they'll 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 post like a video of uh, a se- actually literally today they posted a video of a seventh grader, a seventh grade basketball player. Was it, was what, it 12 ball? years old, maybe? Was it a ball? No, it wasn't a ball, brother. And they said, oh, this kid's already getting comparisons to Russell Westbrook. You think he can be the next Russ, question mark, with an emoji on it? And I'm like, you're building up 12-year-olds. Like, this kid may go to high school and be like, all right, I'm going to play football. Like, I don't even know. Like, anything can happen with that kid. He's 12. Why are you giving him a national spotlight? Like, it's not right. What happened to, like, amateur rules? Like, those aren't rules anymore. Like, why is a 12-year-old on Bleacher Report's Instagram is my question. Um, I don't know. Pedophilia or something? <laughs> Jesus. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Frustrating. All right, let's move on.
can't talk about this anymore. I get I get too heated. I get more heated about what's on the media than the stuff I actually care about. So now we got to move on. Let's oh. talk. Let's talk about the Knicks so I can calm down. <laughs> yeah, that's usually helpful when you when you want to get into a calm, tranquil state of mind. Listen to the Zen Master, right? Exactly. There you go. So before we touch the Knicks, I'll just remind the listeners that we we will get into some baseball stuff in a little bit. But for now, we'll touch on some Knicks stuff with a little draft going on, some uh, Porzingis drama nowadays as well. Just like ridiculous stuff, honestly, but we'll talk about it. And then we'll get into some Yankees and some Mets stuff towards the end of the episode. Is there anything to say about the Mets? Maybe. Guess we'll find out, right? Guess we'll find out. That's true. (laughs) So, we haven't talked to you since the draft lottery taking place. Uh, Phil and I came on the podcast last week to break down what we kind of thought about the top ten where the Knicks might end up in that fold. But I'll give you the floor first. What was your reaction when you heard they got eight? And who popped in your head of who might become the Knicks pick? Well, I was, it was the least surprising thing ever that the Knicks had a chance to get the worst pick. And like, I knew I was talking about it with... <clears throat> there's a guy in my office that I talk baseball, uh, basketball with. And uh, I, we, it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to get that eighth pick. The one thing I'll say, though, is that I don't think... Everything is, is, you know, these big boards and mock drafts are as clear as cut as day um, because there's not that many good forwards and, and, and big, big guys in the, uh, in the draft. They're going to go higher than I think people are expecting. I think Josh Jackson uh, and, uh, and Jason Tatum uh, and, and with Laurie Markkinen, how do you pronounce his name? Yeah, Markkinen. Yeah. Also Jonathan uh, Isaac. Yeah, exactly. I think they're going to go higher. I think they, 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 all of them have the potential to be top five picks uh, depending on the team's needs. You know the the um, the Celtics don't really need a guard as much as they need a forward. There's always that chance that they you know they can pick what they need. They don't they have the luxury of doing that. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to, but I can see that happening. You, you know, I, I heard uh, maybe Chris Broussard said that apparently the Celtics really like Tatum. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. You it know? makes more sense to me than them taking Fultz because they don't not not that Fultz won't make a good addition to a team. But if you're taking the number one overall pick. And he's supposed to be this transcendent player, like people are acting like they were. Just like Ben uh, Ben Simmons was. You know, that, see how that worked out uh, so far. And, and but you know, they could just um, he's just gonna ride the bench. You're not gonna. You have Isaiah Thomas. You're not gonna put him to the bench. Well, you know what the conversation actually been has put been him to the two or the three. No, for Isaiah Thomas recently, which is unfortunate because he's literally hurt and he's gone through a lot this postseason. But since they won, especially last night today, I heard things like, well, maybe they should trade Isaiah. And it actually brought up the... I think that. I think that's a good point. I mean, you're, you, you've been outspoken calling trash. Isaiah trash. overrated really, really a lot right, like since he... Garbage. Uh, like, uh, absolutely like trash. Since Boston came on the scene as a quote-unquote contender this year, you have been really calling out Isaiah Thomas. And it brings up the point that last year during the draft, Danny Ainge was apparently really interested in moving Isaiah Thomas for a lottery pick then. Because I don't think Danny Ainge is an idiot. He's not looking at Isaiah Thomas and saying... This is going to be my best player on the team. He's looking at Isaiah Thomas and saying, maybe he could be my second or third best player, but he can't be my best player and we're going to win something. Well, especially And he's also not worth max money. And he collapses the defense. And he's 29, 30 years old already. And he's like five foot nothing. That's true. (laughs) So we're not worried about his strikes. We're worried about, you know, worried about people getting past him. You can't defend (laughs) anyone. I'm not worried about his strikes. He's not Jose Altuve who who makes his game better because he's smaller. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, he's maxed. He's maxed himself out. He's done everything he can to be a great, like a great player, a good player. And there's probably just not much more to it. I don't but wait, know. let's move off the okay, Celtics because I don't want to talk about them right now. This well, is they, Sports Blog New York. It's kind of important. They got the number one overall pick. That's definitely true. But you already made your point 
about them. I want to hear well, who you say, think the Knicks are going to end up with. Just gut. Give me your gut. Gut feeling? The wrong guy? <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I think it's that kid from France, Frank, Frank Nidalekina, or yeah. however you pronounce it. I still don't know it. I don't think I'll ever know it. That sounded good. Close, probably. Yeah. But um, I don't think... I, I Whoever they're going to pick, seriously, I'm, I, I fully believe... Just like I knew they were going to get the eighth pick, they're, they're going to get the wrong guy. It's, just, it's going to be a Steph Curry situation again. I see two different situations... On the, on the negative side of things. So here's situation number one. I don't want Monk, though. I tell you. I don't Monk's going to be gone before us. Don't worry you about think? it. You think? That's where he's... I mean, as as, as BS is, as, as Monk dress go, that's kind of what everyone... The consensus pick is that we're going to get Monk. So I have two negative situations that can happen for the next year. And then I'll, I'll be positive on the back end of this. Negative situation number one. The next draft, Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith comes into the league as a rookie. Way more ready than Frank Nittikunia. Whatever his name is. Nitty. Let's call him Nitty. <laughs> Let's just call him Frank. Okay. So Dennis Smith comes into the league ready to play. Ready, not ready to be like a superstar, but ready to, you know, Any maybe po- score yeah. 12 to 14 points. Any point guard coming into the league has got to be a transitionary period. You can't expect exactly. him to run the league right away. He's going to be able to score some points. He's going to make big plays because he's fast, strong, explosive, not only as an athlete, but as a scorer. So he can, you know, put up a game where he'll score 20, 25, and we're going to feel real good about him. Knicks fans are going to fall in love with Dennis Smith. But where I think he lacks is that point, that like true point guard yeah. mindset. He's like an assassin. Thing. He's not really a, a point guard st- stylistically, which may not be a bad thing. But the negative comes for that for Knicks fans is Knicks fans get too high too quick, or they get too low too quick. Dennis Smith, they're going to get too high too quick, and his upside is going to either take longer than they expect, and they're going to give up on him, or he's going to me- uh, mellow out at t- like a like an average to decent Car- point guard. Carmelo out. Carmelo out. Exactly. So that's, that's number one with Dennis Smith. I think there's a, a low risk with Dennis Smith. He's not going to be a bad player. He's going to be in the NBA for 10 to 15 years to come. Frank, on the other hand, maybe he has more upside than Dennis Smith. But the Knicks are a tough place for him because he needs development. He played 18 right. minutes a game in France. Well, so did Porzingis. Porzingis is a superstar. Porzingis is a freak. You can't bet on... Frank to come oh. in the league and all of a sudden be you know making plays left and right because that's what Porzingis did even though he hit, he hit that wall. Frank, if he comes into this league and is averaging you know five points and five assists, I think that's reasonable for him as a rookie because he only played eighteen minutes in France. He's nineteen. He's so raw. I think he could be a really good player. My problem is we all know how Knicks fans can be, including myself, including you. Well, I mean, if this guy's looking like. No upside in his rookie year. They're gonna you're gonna give up on him. Well, I was telling where's his development coming from? I was telling you the other day that um, I saw some kind of stat on Twitter or wherever I saw it that the Knicks haven't re-signed haven't re-signed one of their draft picks past their rookie contract since the '90s, and which is crazy. First in its own right, but then you look at like the league, um, like around like. In the playoffs, right? Every one of these teams has a Knicks guy, uh, someone we drafted as a rotation guy or a starter. Or, whether we drafted him or not, something like that on one on every one of these teams. A real uh, impact player. Absolutely. Somebody who is either like the fourth or fifth right. starter even, maybe. Right. So so our scouting is there. That's we, we do a really good job at scouting. Our development is just horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous that we just can't stick with these guys. So... If you think that this year and next year are wash years, like everyone does with with the Warriors, 
Probably another year or two, because depending on what Durant does or whatever goes on there. Sure. You might as well just keep going on with, with your development. Just keep tanking. Like, it sucks as a Knicks fan. Let Phil write out his contract. Let the staff, the, the scouting department do what it's got to do. And then if we can just ride out this wave of misery, it seems like this misery actually has a point this time. You know, like as opposed to all of other Knicks' other hits. Because you know what the difference is with the misery that will come next year? It's expected. It's understood. Right. It's when the Knicks were 14-10 and 10 and in second place in the conference where Knicks fans are like, Yo, right. I, yo, I told you we exactly. were going to be in the playoffs, bro. I told you we were going to be number four. And then we lose, you know, uh, 10 out of 12. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're in 13th in the East. And then Knicks fans goes, yo, it sucks to be a Knicks fan. I can't handle this. Well, you got too high. Now you're too low. And like you just said, the misery comes this year. It's expected. It's understood. It has a purpose. Yeah, but you know what? There's a difference between Knicks, the Knicks and any other team in this town. Like, I, I, I can temper my expectations with the Yankees. I still don't think they're... A legitimate contender this year. They're still in first place mid-May. I don't think I, I I could totally see them not making the playoffs. I don't think it'll happen, but I'm not excited. When when it comes to the Knicks, we're so desperate, we're so thirsty for a championship, we're just so craving it that as soon as we have this sliver of hope, we're just gonna cling to it and just go with it. And then that's what happens. You get too high up the flagpole, and then you fall down. And you know it happens every year because um, you convince yourself. Meanwhile, the NBA is the most, like, it's, it's, you're defeated as soon as you are. I mean, I've had this conversation with you a million times. Well, this is what we talked about last week. Would you, you know, give up what you are as a Knicks fan right now? Or would you give up the Knicks to be the Raptors right now? Never win a championship, be a joke of a franchise, too. Just, just <laughs> be in the playoffs and be a joke. They haven't been. They're the a, same thing as the Knicks. You can't just call them a joke. No, because they've same, been the in the conference finals the, last year. They're, they're the, the same, same thing as the Knicks, except that they make the playoffs. It's exactly. still a joke. So my point they is, would, would you give up? For, would you give up the Knicks for that? No, because I think eventually the Knicks will win, and it will be the sweetest thing in the world. I'll probably be like 65, 70, something like that. <laughs> but eventually, they it's just law of averages. They're gonna win. Dolan will die one day, and the team will go to someone else. You know what's so sad to think about? Like a human being, James Dolan. If he died, people would be legitimately happy. Millions of people would be the happiest. Like in happy the world. for someone yeah. to die. It's kind of sad if you think about it. Well, I'm a different type of sports fan than you. Like I, I can't talk about it on this, cause like, but I, I always wish harm on other players. If, they, if, <laughs> if it's on the if it's on the other team and somebody like snaps their arm in half, I'm like, yes. Well, that's why I need you here because uh, we need to have both sides covered. You know, I can't wish harm on somebody. I, like I, that. I can't say things that I want to say about like this basketball, like like these finals and everything. <laughs> things I want to say about people. Who have gotten Alec, hurt. Alec hasn't watched. I'm gonna. Look, you want to have it like if I say like you haven't. I don't give a shit. Go for you, it. You don't. You. I can't. Gave watch up it. on not gave up. You you don't care. I couldn't care less. And you're not alone in that. See, like I'm I'm the weirdo now because I still care about the NBA playoffs. People are people are gonna care about the finals, but I still care I'll about watch the playoffs. The finals. Right. Reasonable two superpowers all up against each other. But I won't. But but I'm not like. But see that that's the thing with the NBA is like. I'll be stoked to watch the Super Bowl. And it's impossible to match the Super Bowl, no matter who's in it. Well, it's one and done, too. But that, that's the thing. But I'll still watch the World Series. I'll watch all seven games if it goes that way. And be invested in it because it just really doesn't happen. It, it never happens that you have back-to-back-to-back in any sport. The fact that it was allowed to happen in this, it, it's, not, it's not that we're getting a repeat three times if it was spread out across like a decade or so. Same thing every year. I just I, co- I couldn't care less. We all knew this was gonna. If if you found anyone in the world who didn't think this was gonna happen before the season started, so it's it, it was a waste of 
How long is the season? Five months? Yeah, sure. Waste of five months of your life. Longer than that. It was literally a waste of five months of your life. Actually, (laughs) eight months of your life is it was done watching nothing. See, for me as like an invested NBA fan, I think about the storylines from year to year. Like I, I told you this on the podcast maybe two or three weeks ago. How you know this was a year for Giannis Antetokounmpo to you know maybe not make a run into the conference finals or to the finals, but he grew a lot. Not physically, but like he grew as a player a lot this year. And next year. You now expect him to take another step. This is good for development and, teams. This right. Is, yeah, if you don't expect it. But I mean, but then wait, back to your point. You've still got LeBron in the league, and you still got the Warriors. So these Giannis Antetokounmpo's of the world are waiting around to you know either have a team that can compete with them or for them to just fizzle out and die for them to have a chance. You know what I hate, too, when people say there's like, like once-in-a-lifetime talent? Every new decade, there's one of these talents. Like <laughs> Generational. Is the is the proper word? Well, I'm, I'm just saying it's not really a generation. Though. I mean, like every decade, there's a new one of these. Mm. Wasn't long before LeBron there was Kobe. <laughs> there wasn't long before Kobe there was MJ. Wasn't long before MJ was Magic Johnson or whatever it is. Or you know, there's always one of these players. Right. They're not that special. They're special because they're the best in the league. But there's Wait. plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know how we said we weren't talking about like, MJ LeBron thing before. I did hear something that was pretty funny to me. Um, so somebody, some caller called into, uh, I think it was actually Hannah Humpty and said, oh, you know, those Knicks teams in the nineties, like they were, they were good. They were legit. They gave the bulls a hard time, which is a fine, finally fair point. I was, I was young. I don't really know as much as maybe somebody who watched it, but revisionist, revisionist history, history is a real thing. That's besides the point. People said, oh, well, you know, if Michael Jordan and the bulls weren't in the league, the Knicks could have won a championship. Uh, duh. Like, oh, if LeBron wasn't in the league, DeMar DeRozan might have won a championship. But too bad. He was in the league. So it doesn't matter. So people's points are just so dumb about that. Wait, I want to talk about Brandon Jennings for a minute. So Brandon Jennings was Former on... Nick Great. Ex-Nick Great. Yeah, exactly. A couple months. He was on the NBA Lockdown podcast. Amina Hassan, uh, Black Trey, Big Wos, a couple people. Good podcast for basketball fans. They do like a lot of casual stuff, too. Brandon Jennings was on, on there, so somebody asked him, give us a good, funny story about your time with the Knicks. So he starts thinking, he's like, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, I got some stories, I got some stories. Oh, wait, I got the story. He goes, we did Secret Santa at the Knicks. So right off the top of my head, I'm thinking about, you know, Ron Baker and Melo, <laughs> Sasha Vujicic, and Kyle Quinn in the same room, like, giving each other gifts. And that's funny just to think about, right off the bat. So, he said that before the whole thing, Melo made, like, a little announcement. He was like, hey, listen, there was, like, a $500 minimum or something like that. He's like, I like nice gifts. So, just remember that. So, kind of setting the tone, everybody's going to buy someone something nice. He said that the funniest gift, somebody bought Kylo Quinn one of those, like, magic fire shooters. You know how, like... <laughs> Like street, per- <laughs> like street performers, they'll shoot fire out of their hands. Don't tell me that's not the perfect gift for Kylo Quinn. <laughs> I want you to guess. Who do you think bought Kylo Quinn a fire shooter? Ron Baker. No, that's not a bad guess, though. It's got to be Ron Baker. It wasn't Ron Baker. All right, well, someone similar to Ron Baker. Am I on the right track? Yes, you are. Okay. Marshall Plumlee. Yeah, I was about to say Plumlee Dice. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I meant by someone similar. I think we could all guess exactly what I was getting at there. Uh, the Plumleys and Bakers are not far off in terms of NBA <laughs> type people. That, I just thought that was so funny. Like I'm imagining 
Marshall probably being like real giddy about it. Like, <laughs> Yo, Kyle, I got you a really nice gift, but I hope you like it. That and then Kyle was like, Kyle's like, what the? Now he got other stuff too. But that was like the main thing. <laughs> Kyle O'Quinn opened it, probably was like, thanks, bro. Like, what? <laughs> Fun fact though, Brandon Jennings also said, not even close, funniest teammate he's ever had, Kyle O'Quinn. You ever see? I I just assume that because I've watched. Uh, I don't know what's that thing they do, like beginnings or whatever it is mm-hmm. on MSG. He's just he's like he does really funny impersonations, or he just seems like a real like happy go lucky guy. Um, I'm sure Melo is really well liked by his teammates. He is. I mean, he he said that Melo is one of the funniest guys too. Really? Yeah, Melo. But I've heard he's unintentionally funny. Like he just says stupid shit all day long. Everyone's like, oh okay. Melo was kind of famous for the roast he did during Team USA last summer. He like went through the whole team and like roasted everybody. Yeah, we probably had someone write it for him. <laughs> like Drake. Melo's got money. <laughs> Melo's got a ghostwriter <laughs> specifically for the Olympics. Every summer, every fourth summer. Well, he is the most decorated uh, U.S. athlete of all time. So. I want to hear it. <laughs> Goddamn. All right. That's enough on the Knicks, I think, for the day. All right? I can go on for the Knicks for years. That's true. What do you want to talk about? Well, we got to get into some baseball. Oh, we can do that. But I feel like there was one other basketball topic we wanted to talk about, and I can't remember it. Oh. Um, probably LeBron getting beat. Oh, yeah. Right. The Celtics are going to come <laughs> back and beat the Cavs. Oh, oh, it's over. With conversations <laughs> over. Okay, we did. So game. Seven. Oh no, no, no! I do, I do remember. I'm sorry. There actually was another thing. What? As much as we just joked, Jalen Brown made some comments the other day, and he said LeBron James, regular guy, up to no good, started making trouble in my neighborhood. Now he said LeBron James, regular guy. He's not scared of him. He said, and this was the quote that kind of got him on the internet. He goes, "There were scarier people in my neighborhood where I grew up." Where'd he grow up? I grew up in some place in Georgia that Amino Hassan said is a average place. Okay. But rookie in the NBA pulls that out on the media in his first ever playoff. He seems like a quiet dude too. He does. He seems like kind of like an intellectual guy too. I was really surprised, but he became a big, uh, big uh, meme this week with uh, with that. You know, I, I I gotta tell you something. What? I'm gonna I'm gonna fess up real quick. Yeah. You said Jalen Brown like a thousand times. I was thinking Jalen Rose the entire way through, <laughs> like, <laughs> like until just now when you like when you said he was a you, uh, a rookie. Yeah, I was like, but he's been on TV for like ten years now. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Jacoby, great show by the way. If you like basketball, they're a big basketball show. But anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about the Mets and the Yankees, aka let's talk about the Yankees because <laughs> the Mets are miserable. Then uh, we'll give them five minutes at the end of the show. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll talk about the Yankees. If so you leave me. Leave I want to. I want to. Yeah, I want to ask you a couple questions. So last time we talked, you said your expectations haven't changed yet. Are you almost there yet? I, t- I said it on the when last. When are you going to get to expecting playoffs? I told you in the last one. I guess you weren't listening. I said if they hit twenty games over, so you're still you're still setting that bar. That's the bar. You understand that? That's 20... the bar every. But that, that should. Be, but that's always my bar with any baseball team. You can't start thinking about the playoffs until you hit twenty games over. You're not. You might not end the season at twenty games over. But that's when you start saying, okay, we made the playoffs this year. You know what I mean? When you're 20 games over. Yeah. That's like World Series caliber team. So you're saying you're not... Yeah, it happens It happens every year in like July to one team, for example. And you know that team knows that it's... Like that happened to the Cubs last year. I mean, they didn't... They were, the Cubs were on pace to break every offensive... Winning record and everything like that. And then they ended up with a, a nice... Definitely a nice uh, record, but they didn't... Beat the Mariners' record, you know what I mean? Okay, it's that happens every year. That's, so here's my next question. Yeah. Okay. Your expectations for playoffs hasn't changed yet. 
is your expectations for wins change yet? Because you set yourself at about 81, 82 in the beginning of the season. Or are you expecting a little higher than that? I think I changed it to 84 at some point. 85-ish? Yeah. My whole thing is that I don't think, and I don't think the, the Blue Jays are good, but I don't think the Blue Jays are going to be that bad all year. I don't think the Red Sox, I think the Red Sox are overrated. I don't think the Red Sox are going to be this mediocre all year. So you think there's going to be some <coughs> sort of balancing act happening sooner than There's later. so many divisional games that we haven't. We've barely played any divisional games. we played a couple games, a couple series against the Orioles. The opposite the of the Mets. And we've lost to the Rays <laughs> significantly out of, out of, so far. And we, I think we split it with the Orioles or we're up by one game or something like that. It's a tough division. Things, you know, law of averages and everything, regression towards the mean and everything like that. Um, and I don't think the pitching staff is that great. I mean, I, I, obviously Severino and, and Pineda have been a lot better than expected. <coughs> and, and CeCe's had his ups and downs. Tanaka doesn't look good. This like it's not even just like he's, he's getting struggling. tough breaks. It's not even just he's getting tough breaks. He's leaving a lot of hang, uh, uh, hangers out there. You can't get inside on uh, on righties. He's just not really pitching well. He's missing location a lot, and he, probably because he can't throw his splitter anymore because he has a tear in his elbow that's just not going to get settled. And now this is actually my worst nightmare because I wanted Tanaka to opt out this year. I don't think he opts out if. He if pitches he's like this. He's you know? a little banged up. <laughs> he's going to want to get as much money as possible, you know? And he could have in, in the modern day MLB. Pitchers, is, which is ridiculous to me, that somebody who, pitch, who plays uh, once a week, essentially, uh, gets paid the most out of anyone on the team. But that's just the way that the modern day MLB is going. He should be pitching for his job, essentially. And now he could just go, whatever, I get th- two more years of making $23 million or whatever he's making. Yeah, I mean, someone made the point I heard on the radio this weekend. Maybe Dan Gross on ESPN Radio said Clayton Kershaw last summer, last baseball season, was banged up for like a good two months. And the Dodgers were right there. They were in the playoffs. And without the best pitcher in the league, not just the best pitcher on a team, like the best pitcher the MLB has seen, missed almost two months. Didn't bother the Dodgers at all. It's kind of crazy. to say, And pitchers at this, it feels like at least, I don't have numbers behind this, pitchers are getting hurt at a higher clip now than ever before. So well, that's because I'll tell you why, I and mean, that, that that can transition to the mess if you like. But not because, yet. <laughs> well, okay, well, that's because in a lot of these teams, in, in when they're developing players in the minors, they teach them to throw. Not that, there's a lot of people. People don't know this. There's a lot of people in the MLB who can throw a 92 mile an hour slider. There's a reason they don't. There's a reason they don't teach you to throw a splitter anymore. Because it screws up your elbow. Or your hands sometimes. Yeah, Split, or your splitters, shoulder. Splitters specifically. Yeah, but your elbow, Ron, your Ron sh- Darling always used to talk about this on the Mets broadcast. He was a splitter guy. He used to throw, say, I forget the exact numbers. He used to throw, throw say, 95, 94. He was the splitter guy. And that all played of a sudden, up back then. What? That played up back then. Right. All, all of a sudden now, he's been throwing a splitter for one year, two year, three year, four year. Now his fastball is no longer 95, it's 88. <coughs> because his fingers are stretched out, the ligaments aren't as strong. And it happens. It's just natural. Well, this is what I want to get to about the <coughs> about the pitching. Excuse me. With a little bit of a struggle for the pitching, now, do you want to keep your offense intact? Because your offense is strong right now, and that's undeniable. Do you want to try to keep your offense intact to maintain that good offense? Or are you looking to move pieces for any pitching you can get? Yeah, but they don't need... So, they don't need to move anybody who's at the major league level right now. If they could, they would. But they hasn't Cashman also said he doesn't want to move many good prospects? We have... Honestly, we have so many. Like, we... We have like people coming up like Severino and Judge and, and Sanchez. We still have like eight players in in the top one hundred 
Remember all the guys we talked about? Yeah, before they're still the there. Season? They're still in the minors. They're still Clay, there. Clayber Torres, the the number one, pro- he's the number two prospect in baseball. He's the number one on the Yankees, obviously. Um, he he just got called up from Double. He's twenty years old. He's the, he was already the youngest person in Double A. Now he just got called up after 30, 32 games or something like that this season to Triple A, um, and he's by far the youngest in Triple A now. Uh, and they always say the great players breeze through the minors, so. He could be up as early as this year if, if there's a spot for him, and I think it's you know hot seat for for Chase Headley for yeah you know, or or wherever they deal with him. But that, thank God they're they're putting him around the diamond. That he's you been. gave the little theory before what might happen with first base, third base, and some other stuff. Give that theory to the listeners. I think it's a good one. Yeah, I, I think I think that I mean Chris Carter. He he hit a home run yesterday uh, or today, whatever. However you want to look at the perspective today, um, um, Tuesday, Monday night. But he has been horrible. He has been absolutely horrible. He's batting right over the Mendoza line. He can't play defense. Greg Bird has not been what we expect him to be. He's actually well, it depends on what you expected. Because if you expected someone who has been out for a year to be late on fastballs, then you've got exactly what you expected. <laughs> but he's he's on the DL off, off of a bruised ankle, which was like a month and a half ago. There's something wrong with him. The, 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 he might he just might not be ready. He might he might have ruined his chance to be a major league player. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But what I see happening. Because Chase Headley, he's had had his yips uh, at third base. He's had some throwing errors, but he he is a fantastic um, fielding. Like he has uh, a good glove. Yeah, it's great glove. I think that I could I could see them transitioning him to first base. It's, it's a lot more of a difference than people expect it to be, but it's it's you know, but it's easier than putting someone who like Matt Holiday or they were trying to get Aaron Hicks at bats over there because they need his bat in the lineup. I could see them bringing up Glaber. Who thought Torres. you would ever said that? Last year. Wild. Wild. <laughs> but I can see them bringing up Glaber Torres, putting him at third base, and you can have a, a Jeter A-Rod thing where you know they put their the best shortstop uh, at third base mm-hmm. in the hot corner. <coughs> and he has the fielding tools to do that. And then you can put Chase Headley at first and then just eliminate that, uh, um, that, that um, uh, uh, Chris, Chris Carter, Chris Carter Greg Greg Bird situation. Hold. That would also help, though, too. They, I mean, they keep forcing the issue of Matt Holiday. He keeps getting played at first base. I mean, he played first base uh, when he was on the Cardinals. Like a five bit. games last year. That was it. And the year before that, well, none. It's it's a, no. I, I don't know. Probably a couple games. Yeah. But it's a National League. You have to get at bats. He's not. <coughs> he's not a fielder. He's a horrible fielder. Like he's atrocious. Especially at this point. I mean, he can't run in the outfield. I'll tell you. Used, you know, as, as much as everyone hated on Mark Teixeira the last couple of years, I missed the hell out of Mark Teixeira. That that he he I I am not really like a defensive war or run save kind of guy, but I, I I can't imagine how many he saved. He like just watching someone who could do the job instead of just sticking anyone in first base and hoping they accomplish something. I missed out. We had friggin' Brian Mitchell, our, our relief pitcher, playing first one night. You know, it's actually <laughs> it's kind of funny because the Gold Glove is an award that gets mentioned. It gets a little bit of love. If Dallas a pl- Keuchel gets it every year. If a player has a couple, you, you know you know that that player's a Gold Glove fielder. Mark Teixeira, there was a reason that that man was in the Gold Glove conversation and has probably upwards of, I don't know off the top of my head, but upwards of five. I think he had more than that, yeah. I'm assuming he, he had best, six or seven or something like that. the fielding first base I've ever seen. First base gets a lot of flack. That's an easy position. It's a power position. It's Those easy guys to have do, an hard to be task. good at. It's easy to do, but hard to be good at. And Mets fans, if you want to segue, now might be the right time. They were throwing, I never want to segue into the Mets. <laughs> they were throwing Jay Bruce in there a little bit because of their weird, crappy, but also logjam outfield, which makes no sense. So they're trying to put Jay Bruce at first base a little bit. Guy's never played first base really before. And a simple scoop that even Lucas Duda, 
who's an average first baseman fielding-wise, he's scooping that up with ease. Jay Bruce, on the other hand, hasn't played first base since who knows when. He's getting eaten up by this ball. And it frustrates fans because, it, goddamn, it's a scoop. You expect it to be made by any average first baseman. When you don't have that, now all of a sudden, Jose Reyes, his arm that feels good most of the time, ain't feeling that good when he's throwing scoops to somebody who can't handle it. So first base... Defensively, it doesn't feel like a big thing. Especially when you're it's 30 important. years old, too. You know, yeah. you're not like a 20 year old who you could teach in the minors or something like that. You're learning on the fly on the biggest stage. Now, before we segue into the Mets, I want to ask you a question about MLB wide. So, I forget the exact numbers, but I heard someone on the radio talking about the MLB and how the parity in that is drastically different than the NBA. Which, obviously, not even close. Wait, there's a, people think there's parity in the NBA? No, no, no. Oh, he say. was just highlighting how much more parity, how much parity the MLB has, right. and then, you know, putting it next to the NBA, which has none. And he said there's 24 teams within seven games of the playoffs. Now, doesn't baseball just, isn't that just baseball, though? Like, isn't baseball the game more than any other that is any given day? You can win a game, it depends. and it's still early, isn't it? Like, well, it depends on on the generation, it, too. Like I was saying the other day, I was having a conversation with my father. We were talking because we used to talk about this with my grandfather. Like we were talking about Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra went to the World Series as a coach and as a player twenty one times. Twenty one times. That could have have been awful for anyone who wasn't a Yankee fan or or, or when you coach for the Mets too. But that must be that's. The, like the nightmare, like you know, it was either them versus the Pirates or them versus the, uh, the the Cardinals or the you know or the right. Cubs, but it was always them. Like even the nineties when the Yankees had their dynasty, wasn't even close to that. There were still people who had a shot to win. You yeah. know, the Yankees lost to the to the uh, to the Diamondbacks, for example. You know, like that happened. They lost to the, the Marlins. They lost to the Marlins. Yeah. Exactly. They just always won back then. That like so parity isn't always just an like a given. I don't think in the MLB. I think that the way that people, everyone has access. Nobody has an advantage anymore. Everyone has access to the information. The A's aren't the only ones who play saber metrics. You know what I mean? Everyone does. Uh, literally, if you don't do it. Ninety percent of the league. The league. Does. I'd say hundred percent of the league. Does. Probably. Yeah. Some form or another. <laughs> exactly. So they all have this information out there, and nobody has a competitive advantage. It's all about development at that point. So, if in in, in the mindset and the culture of the club. And I think that that's the only thing that's changing it. And, and I think that everyone else is... You know. So when I heard this, I I thought about it. I was like, very fair point. 24 teams are within seven games or seven and a half games, whatever it well, it's is. It's also like two months. A month and a half into the season. That's what popped into my head. But I was like, all right, I'm not going to nitpick with that. What I am going to nitpick with is, say you have a fan in, in Pittsburgh, right? Eh, Pittsburgh's not a good city because they don't have NBA franchise. Philadelphia. Let's move. Let's hop over to Philadelphia. Pretend you're. They don't Phil- have a Phil- They don't have an NBA franchise either. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That yeah, was nice. Little dig. We just um, pumped. Even though the Sixers were probably better than the Knicks before sooner yeah, than that. Believe it when I say it. Anyway, say you're a Phillies fan, and you're and you're a Sixers fan too, right? Doesn't the NBA give off the vibe of as you, this Philadelphia fan, you're more likely to watch, um, say, a Houston. Rockets game versus the San Antonio Spurs than a Houston Astros game versus the Texas Rangers. Yeah, but I'll tell you why that's a thing is because the Yankees are playing at the same time. I'm going to watch the Yankees. But you're you're a fan from Philly right now. That's not the point. I'm saying well, like, well, then Phillies then, are off. Like, if don't doesn't but it's ha- not televised. See, that's the whole thing is you, you can't have national coverage of baseball because all the games are played at the same time. 
Even if it's even if the Phillies aren't um, uh, aren't playing that day, right? Or they played a, game, a day game that day. The Astros aren't going to be on. You're, it's you know it's just it, it, it's unless they are if, unless it's Sunday night baseball and you played a day game and people do watch Sunday night baseball. It gets yeah, pretty, it gets pretty good ratings. I mean, it does. Outside I don't know of how it's outside like, of New York, it's it's absolute horrible coverage. It's the worst thing. I, I watched um, every time the Yankees are on national coverage, which has been all the time lately, which. Kills me. They have <laughs> they have like Yadier Molina doing a, a full screen interview during the game, him speaking Spanish. Um, and you're trying to watch the game. They have to dub it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where I'm trying to watch the game. They don't cover. Or they had Joe Madden giving a tour of his his RV for an entire inning, not showing the game. I don't know how that channel that that station is in business anymore. Now, do you think that's them trying to? I don't know what the hell they're trying to do. Like, they're trying to make it more interesting? Like, to, I don't know. To what? The RV fan base? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Who even gives a crap about Yadier Molina anymore at this point? Like, he's just there at this point. He's just a good player. Like, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but, I, we've had this conversation, but he's not a superstar anymore. Like, no. I don't so wait, really cares about the Cardinals. My question is now, do you think the MLB has grown more stars in the past year or two than they've had yes. in the past five or six? Yes, yes. Because I, I agree. But I, think it's not, a, I think it's a good thing. They're still not there yet, though. The fact that Mike Trout is not, like, you know, the, the face of baseball, like how Derek Jeter is. I don't is think with, he wants to be. It doesn't matter. If you, you, you someone like that, I mean, like, he's the all-American guy. Uh, he, 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 if you looked at his stats this year, it's just ridiculous. No, he's on my fantasy team. I know. It's unreal. He's hit, like, eight home runs in the past two weeks. <laughs> it's crazy. It's fantastic. He hasn't hit as much as your boy Aaron Judge, but... Um, Sick brag. <laughs> I have a guess for him. <laughs> you know what's funny to me? I was watching. Wait, uh, do you want to talk about that video that they had and how the tonight the Tonight Show video and how I'm supposed to be uh, believe that nobody re- uh, recognized the guy who played for the Monstars, the uh, the six foot seven refrigerator in Bryant Park. Oh my god! Yeah, like how do you how do you not know that guy's something important? Like he's six seven two eighty five. That infuriated me. I, he was great in it. Yeah, but like, how many people did they have to interview before they found like three idiots who didn't know who he was? I don't know. Me and you walk around New York and I'm in the Bryant city. Park. I see. I go there yeah, for lunch every day. If I saw Aaron Judge a mile away, I'm like, "Holy crap! It's Aaron Judge. I'm gonna go over there and try to get like a picture with him or something." But that's you. But think about all the people we see in the city who don't even notice like that they're stepping in mud. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I've never seen a celebrity. I'm sure I walk by one every day. Like <laughs> I, I walk past Ethan Hawke. Me and you walk past Ethan Hawke. Was, was I paying attention? You didn't even notice. <laughs> I went to you. Holy hell! I think that was Ethan Hawke. And you're like Ethan Hawke. I was like, yeah. That was, and then he was gone. I swear, it was <laughs> disappeared him. into the air. He was gone. <laughs> And I only knew it was him because we saw him on the Jumbotron at the Nets game. Yeah. I remember when we went to a Knicks-Nets game and the Knicks lost to the Nets. Yeah. I, I do. <laughs> that was fun. It was Great Wings or something like that. Um, it was Biggie Night. You know, I saw a commercial the other day, though. Five Hour Energy. And this is a guy who I see on commercials more than Mike Trout, I think. Jose Altuve. Really? Yeah. Jose Altuve speaks English? Um, not great. <laughs> Not not great. Well, now I like him even more. He uh, had a bunch of like one line things. It was like, oh, upgrade your energy. That was it. Like it was basically like four or five words at a time, and it just made him like really fast and a bunch of quick cuts. But he was on a five hour energy commercial, and I was like, you know what, Mike Trout ain't you know, on nothing. I haven't seen him on a commercial in a minute. I'll tell you right now, I think the Yankees and the Astros are going to have for the next like five six years, maybe even longer, a similar thing, I guess to. I can't, it can't be obviously the same, but like how the Yankees and the Braves would meet all the time, and like they were the, like always I mean, compared to each other. They're on the same conference, but or I, I, I said that it can't be exactly the same. But I'm just saying where it's like they're always going to be vying for it. Stack teams. They they they're exactly the same team as the Yankees with better pitching. They're better than the Yankees are right now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Yankees have the pitching prospects coming up and everything. 
we're like a year apart from them. We're gonna be the same type of team for a very long time, and it's crazy because I never, I like, I never cared about the Astros. I hate the Astros now. You know, as that parallel is actually really interesting. Having them in the World Yankees. <laughs> Remember last year, the Astros were kind of like this MLB hipster team that people were picking. Hey, you know, they have a lot of young talent. Maybe they yeah. can make this run. They'd be a wild card team. They could make the playoffs, and they kind of, they kind of struck out. They missed. Yeah. That was the Yankees this year. The Yankees were. We got a bunch of this young talent coming up. Maybe we can make a run to the playoffs. Except they're hitting. Yeah. The Yankees are actually working. They're working before they should. It's like the Astros last year, but the Yankees are actually doing it. Yeah, well, well the, what the Astros did, and like they, they might have overpaid. Yeah, they might have overpaid, but they, they put a bunch of lefties in the lineup, older lefties like, like Brian McCann. They traded for him. Uh, the, the, uh, Carlos Beltran, switch hitter, uh, and uh, uh, Josh Reddick. They overpaid yeah. for Josh Reddick, but they needed love, and everyone's playing great. I'll tell you, George, like, George, they, Springer, George Springer is ridiculous. He's, he's so good. Bregman's really good. I don't, I don't think his stats have been great this year. But he, he hasn't just, taken off yet. Yeah, but um, but also, that, that division's heating up. The Rangers have been killing it. They won 10 in a row. Who's been the two hottest <laughs> teams in the league? The Rangers and on the uh, in the East. Um, one team's been playing real well. I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, let's, I want to I give, uh, give like two minutes to the Mets, and we'll end up here. So right now, the Mets sit at 18 and 24. Six games under five hundred, seven and a half games out of the, the Nationals, who they're not going to catch ever. Not even saying they're trying to catch the, I, the you, Nationals. How far? Wait, wait, hold on. Question for you: mm-hmm. Where do you think they end within relation to the Nationals at the end of the year? I think seven games is reasonable. Seven, eight games. I think it might be double digits. Might be double digits. I think it's going to be double digits. So they're eighteen and twenty-four. What is your opposite of the twenty games above five hundred? What is the under five hundred mark that you get to where you say you can't climb out of that hole? They already did it. They already did it. I told you this like two, like two, three weeks ago. I but said, Mets are done. Hear me oh, out. Stick a fork in them. Okay, so hear me out. Six games under five hundred right now. Eighteen and twenty-four. Six games under five hundred is very different. You look at the winning percentage. That's what's important. What are they on pace for right now? How like how if the season ended today and it was a hundred sixty-two game season, what would they be at right now? Probably be like a sixty-game winning team. You know, like you don't. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head. But I'm just, I'm yeah, I'm sure. But I, this is why I'm, I, sure, I'm sure I'm over, uh, over, uh, over exaggerating. But probably not that much. This is why I bring it up. <coughs> you said the Yankees have been regressing to 500 baseball re- recently, but they're still above 500, well above because they had that really strong start. This what the opposite so, of what happened last year. The exactly. Mets are what the Yankees went through last year. So if the Mets can pull off one streak, not not that I see it happening, because I would be out of my mind to. You know, say, act like I see that happening real soon. But if they have this one streak where they do eight out of ten, or where they do you know six or seven in a row, and all of a sudden they're back at five hundred, then it's a reasonable thing. So, what happens a lot in baseball is you have one or two or three pockets of really good success surrounded by a bunch of five hundred baseball. Right. So if the Mets grab one of those pockets of success and get to five hundred, isn't it like being back to ground zero? No, they're they're too far behind the eight ball. It doesn't matter. Like they're already done. This is exa- the Yankees last year after they if they were like, what they were like nine games under five hundred at the end of April, right? They played like on pace for like a ninety two game winning season. And they that. and the, and by the end, after playing well towards the end of the season, they were just behind. Exactly, because you can't catch up to that. Mm-hmm. So that's what the Mets did. They're yeah. done. Stick a fork in them. They All were right. done. They were done. And I I wouldn't have normally said this if I didn't go through it last year with the Yankees. Yankees played awesome baseball the last three four months of the season. Absolutely, it's it's like when a when a hitter bats like one fifteen in April, 
And then Curtis Granderson <laughs> Chase Headley last year. Yeah, he bat, he ended up batting two fifty because he hit on pace for like two eighty the rest of the year. But that first month he was just horrible. Absolutely. So it, it really, it, I I totally disagree when you when they say uh, you can't like it doesn't April doesn't matter. It's a long season. April is the most important month in, in, outside of September and right. October, and November, and December. Well, you know what, Alex? <laughs> I wish I could really argue against that. I'm just trying to bring up this optimistic point. Hoping for the best. We're not bending over Roberts. I don't believe it. Yeah, we we can't we can't talk ourselves out of uh, out of the Mets being done. That's true. That's true. It's sad. But this is Sports Blog New York podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We were kind of all over the place today, huh? Yeah, whatever. I, I like it. We were, we were just letting it fly. We were real natural. Well, it, it's been a while since we did this. We didn't do it last week, to you, right? Did we do you? Did we do you and I last week? No. Yeah. So we were two weeks overdue. Two weeks in a day. Overdue. Yeah. Overdue. So. Well, I'm glad to have you back. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review to the Sports Blog New York Podcast on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app. And we don't want Google, you to do it. And Google Play. I'm only saying this because I have to. I'm just trying not to get fined. <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. I'm Peter Kennedy. I'm Alec Argento. Have a good one.